Welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Stoke are bad. Uh, things are very bad. Stoke are very near the relegation zone. So to have a existential crisis with me, I have George. George, how existential crisis are you on a scale of one to screaming? I, I was going to scream then, but then I thought <laughs> it's probably not best for a podcast, is it really? Um, yeah, screaming several times. Lots of screaming. Uh, and we've also got Matt, who I'm presuming is also screaming. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that was a muted too. muted scream. But yes, it's um, it's a bit unpleasant, isn't it, out there at the moment? It is. It's even unpleasant trying to podcast because um, we were here with Dave only sort of 20 minutes ago. Uh, but But, you know technical issues have prevented us whether or not those technical issues have been caused by people at a football club who don't want us to speak our truth we cannot confirm or deny but um i went to sheffield and i experienced the game uh and i know from basic trauma training that i am not in a comfortable or safe space to re-experience that so uh how did you guys find the game i what uh watched again from my residence in the British Virgin Islands. And um yeah, it was first half just incredibly timid um and turgid. We we set up, as I'm, again I'm sure we'll discuss, in Sheffield United shape in an attempt to sort of combat what they do very well. Um we picked probably our most consistent centre back to start at right wing back. I don't know why um, it didn't pay off as the first goal we conceded literally comes from that position and it means too, too, too far tucked in. Um, we concede a second where he just w- runs in 20 yards, has a shot deflected, you 2-0 down. We get uh, the most hilarious goal back. Nigel Johnson said that we took the lead. So that's good news. Um, and then, yeah, second half, we were better. Probably... You know, on balance of play, you'd say, oh, yeah, wouldn't have complained if we'd got a point from that, from how we played. But we didn't. We conceded the soft third one and we have one win in seven games, I think. Not good at all. Uh, Yeah, my my memories of the game was the second half Sheffield United did their best to let us back into the game and there was very little uh, else going on. George, did you expect anything different from the game, having seen a team sheet that did, uh, as Matt suggests, have a centre-back playing at right wing-back, uh, a centre-attacking midfielder playing as a striker, and a box-to-box slash-holding midfielder playing as our number 10? Were you surprised? Do you know what, Tom? When you explain it like that, it makes it even less surprising that I wasn't surprised by what happened in the game. Um yeah, no, not all. And I think, to be honest, you could forgive all of it and it wouldn't be so much of an issue if we weren't on such a absolutely awful run of form. Because I, I, I've kind of... I, I look back at the games we've played since the World Cup break and we haven't looked good in a single one of them. I think, you know, maybe we've got kind of parts of Rotherham where we were definitely on top but didn't look incredible parts of Burnley sort of um, the only win we've got was Bristol City away and that was pretty I don't want to say lucky but it was edging towards that um, so I don't really see any sort of shoots of light at the minute for how we're playing 
and then to see more annoyingly afterwards <coughs> pardon me Alex Neal coming out and saying you know well I think we're trying to play too pretty and we need to not only fuck tactics and have better vibes but also we need to just lump it forward because we're trying to be too nice and after watching the last six or seven games I, I really don't I really don't want to watch any more if that's what the if that's what the remit is from now on yeah it was it was it was a bit of an odd comment and it's it's the sort of comment where i mean we've we've in the sort of pre pre pod tweet which which dave put out we we've been asked to you know go through the list of players that we you know and rate their performance and then how does that tell it to the manager and i can yeah sympathize with certain feelings about certain players we all have them as i'm sure again we'll we'll talk about but i find it difficult to pin it all on the players completely when you've got a manager who for the first two, three months he was here, did nothing but talk about systems and fluidity and tactics. And now is at the point where he's saying, ah, fuck the tactics. Just, we need to compete. Fuck the tactics. And it's like, well, this massive screeching U-turn of a tone shift that's happened since we've come back from the World Cup. It's just deeply, deeply concerning. He He looks to me like a guy who doesn't actually know what to do. And he's just sort of putting out a lot of smoke and um, that he will fix us, but I'm not going to say how because that'll spoil the surprise. <laughs> oh, what a surprise it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I've got a great plan to fix you, but I can't tell you now because then you'd know it and then you'd do it yourself without me. <laughs> Why would I tell you? Yeah, it does seem that uh, Alex Neal has done the uh, speed run of Stoke City manager vibesness, coming in being quite optimistic about what's going to happen at the club and looking forward to putting his blueprint on it and eventually scrambling around playing a centre back at right back and all these lovely things, uh, leaving arguably our best player out since uh, the break in Tariq Fosu, who's just not been seen. If anyone would like to organise a welfare check. I mean, that would be nice. Apparently, he's on the bench every week, but, you know, um, I can't imagine he is loving life at the club. Um, Yeah, we are in a tricky situation. We are, I think we're 20th. I think we are three points off the relegation zone. So four four points off the relegation zone. But Huddersfield have a game in hand. But Huddersfield have a game in hand. And two of the teams beneath us are in double-digit runs of winless games, as far as I'm aware. So um, not good, very not good. And for me, I think the concerning thing is we were okay before the World Cup. We've had four weeks off or however long we had off for the World Cup. It feels about eight years ago. Uh, And we've come back and looked terrible. We haven't really had a great performance Um, or anything even close to a good performance since the World Cup break, which is confusing considering Neil, I'd say arguably justifiably said, before the World Cup, you know, need time to work on the squad, trying to do it on the job. Difficult, can understand that. But now he's had that time. There seems to have been no development of ideas. There seems to be no difference in style of play other than how quick we are to just lump it forward, often to no target men, um, which is difficult so, yeah, I'm really struggling to think of a transition. Has anyone got anyone anything else they'd like to talk about? Maybe the board. There's a nice transition. Yeah, I mean, 
they there are for the first yeah for the first times so I would say major for Stoke City any major rumblings about the board from more fans than I've ever seen at this point. I mean, obviously, when we lost seven 0 at home to Birmingham, I was three years old. I can't I can't remember that. Plastic, but, plastic. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, but. People are are talking, and there seems to be um, the development of three sort of camps. You've got the the sort of camp which is they can do no wrong. They have single handedly supported everything about good about the football club for the past fifty years, so therefore you can't say anything bad. The sort of get them out now, people, and then sort of people. Why can't they just sort of appoint people to do what they're doing wrong? whilst continuing to fund the club. And I think it's difficult to really have any other belief than the second two. I, I'm probably in the third camp, which is that realistically, I don't think they'll ever sell the club. So I'd just rather they give their money to people who understand and they just continue to bankroll us. I think that's the most sort of pragmatic solution. But I would love to be in that so- camp. It's just, I think for my worry... I don't think they think they're doing anything wrong. And I just, I think it's kind of like that bit in community where the Dean keeps buying stupid Honda, like <laughs> memorabilia. And Frankie just goes up to me and goes, Oh, you, you poor, sweet, stupid idiot. You're just so dumb. You just, you don't even understand how dumb you are. <laughs> and I feel like it's just like that. They've got no idea that what they're doing isn't right. They think that the, the best way to do this is to come out every season and go, this year, you know what we're going to do? You know what the plan is? It, it's to be good instead of shit. Yeah, and when it Yay. doesn't work, when it doesn't work, it's financial fair play's fault because we are exactly. very rich, but it is not fair that we are not allowed to spend our very rich. Yeah. If, um, if only we could have given Gary Rowett another 100 million, then it would have worked. If only they were able to avoid FFP by buying a stadium off themselves, which many clubs don't have the opportunity to do. Oh, well certainly and then, don't and, then and then and then on top and then on top of that get get praised for for doing that. Um spilling wine all over the carpet and then having the decency to throw a towel over it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. No, it's just and everything to do with the finances is caused by them. So I will not give them tons of credit for for like covering it up it, why why should i like yeah the like they put money in great they also have squandered 10 years of premier league finances on crap and four consecutive bottom half finishes all because they just can't figure out how to run the thing properly or like a modern football club so it's incredibly frustrating and I mean, I think I think we're due another meet the board thing in a couple of months, which is going to be great. That's going to be that's going to be box office. I, I um, look forward to the um, leading questions that will be asked there that will establish quite clearly in in media form what is already, I think, festering within parts of the fan base that we're already accepting going down to League One as if it's just something that can happen to teams. 
Um, someone asked, what obscure sport shall we all follow when we lose to the team who we cannot name next season? Uh, it's quite a real possibility that we might not even have a chance to play them next season if they keep themselves sorted out and we um, carry on our own direct trajectory. The the ultimate humiliation actually would be us playing their under twenty ones in the Johnson oh God, in, the, right. in the football league trophy. That would just be Incredible. the complete yeah. That would be the ultimate humiliation, wouldn't it? Really, watch out! It's three the... six five toilets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect sort of show of what the two different clubs are like, though, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you've got ultra mega gazillionaires running Stoke City who are 20th in the championship. And then on the other hand, you've got the Vale owners who've got like basically 30p between them slowly and carefully bringing their club up the pyramid. Mm. It's yeah. just kind of the perfect just juxtaposition between the two. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we all the, all the gear, no idea, isn't it basically? Except then just, just easy to blame FFP every year. It, 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 yeah. no, no one else has FFP issues. No, yeah, it's not like every other club in the football league has to put up with those. And make no one actually, no one actually is, no one actually has been relegated from the Premier League apart from us. We were the only <laughs> club to ever be relegated from the Premier League. So yeah, yeah, and 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 no other club has got relegated uh, and managed to secure promotion back to the Premier <laughs> League. That is no. pretty it's much an impossibility. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's depressing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know if more people feel like this. I feel like I've slipped from apathy into like just depression and sadness. So I used to be quite good at being like, oh, Stoke have lost. All right, fine, I'm going to get on my Saturday, um, see what the next game brings us. This time it's like, oh, Stoke have did that, and and I wish I didn't care, but. Ultimately, the the more you get dragged into a relegation fight, the more you do care, and the more you sort of pay attention to matches. You, you're looking at results. So I think Hull scored in like the the dying moments to mean that we were twentieth instead of twenty first, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, just getting, just now. Yeah, I think I think as well. Like the, there's you can draw a parallel with um nineteen uh nineteen twenty season. That's that's three years ago, not a century ago. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> when when Neil came in, he's quite uh, Neil. Bloody hell, O'Neill came in. He's quite a warm, bubbly kind of humorous fellow who's got like you know it was kind of like yeah we're a bit crap but you know we'll, you know get get behind us we'll you know we'll we'll do this and that. Whereas I remember saying on this podcast around three months ago, I was finding Alex Neil very difficult to warm to. And I still am. And I think he's just, he, he, yeah, he just doesn't know what to do. So he's just saying increasingly weird things. Like, why are you coming out in a press conference or whatever and saying, I'm going to make a load of decisions people don't understand and then expect me to feel confidence? Why? Like, that's that's so, like, what do, what do you expect me to say? And then to say that two days before putting Ben Wilmot at right wing back, Stop making it's yourself like, a meme. <laughs> it's like Hughes saying, well, I've had to rest all the players today. That's why we lost 5-0 to Chelsea and then losing anyway to Newcastle. It's yeah. exactly the same kind of thing. Like, Actually, I'm an understander of football. You might not get this, but this will work, promise me. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Never mind. 
I look forward yeah. to him in his next interview saying, I am going to make an atmosphere that is so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think O'Neill is part of it, though, isn't it? Like you say that, that shift from apathy to depression. It's like I remember sort of March, April last year, it was entirely apathy because we were a kind of stable club that seemed like it was, you know, we, we'd made some quite interesting signings that seemed like they were reasonable and we looked like we had a process in place. And when we were doing shit on the pitch, it was kind of like, oh, fucking hell, the manager needs to go. This is a bit boring. We're not doing it right. But also I don't really care because it's fine. Now we've just, we've gone from like mid-table championship, ah, oh, ha, ha, it's funny, nothing will ever get better, to this absolute implosion over apparently six weeks, basically. And, and I, it's that as last... well. It's the it's the allowance. I think I think the the O'Neill transfers sort of sum it up, especially his January transfers. Um, friend of the pod, Harry. I think he tweeted it. If not, he put it in the group chat. He put a, a table of players with less than fifteen appearances for mm. Stoke, and there's a lot of footballers on that list. <laughs> uh, and I just think this is this is the reason we sort of keep stuttering and misfiring and looking like. We're a team who really haven't spent any time together because, yes, we acknowledge that loans are going to be important. The issue with loans is, unless you have a really bizarre situation, the most you're getting from a loan player is one season. The amount of loan players we've allowed managers to sign and then they're just gone and that little experiment's over and done with and it's not like we're putting them in place because, oh, well, we just picked up a loan player because we needed this specific position addressing until we can sign someone permanently. It's just this carte blanche approach for managers of, it's like a, oh, be a magpie. Look, here's a shiny thing. Come and put that in your nest. Maybe it will make the nest stronger. Who cares if it doesn't? Because you don't need to be accountable for your transfers. We're the richest club in the league. I just don't understand how that is seen as good management. <laughs> It's something I think I think you might have said it a while ago, Tom, or possibly in a group chat or something that I think all managers think that they want to work with complete freedom. And basically every manager is shit at it. I think that's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah. All managers think that they can kind of deal with it, but really all managers are better with a, a structure above them, a little yeah, bit just, of kind of boxing in. You need you need there need to be restraint because otherwise you do sign Tom Ince for silly money or, you know, or whoever, whoever else you want to throw Vokes for silly money in January. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, the only, <laughs> I remember when we came down from, from the Premier League, um, there was like a thing about, oh, which ground are you most looking forward to visiting? I think that was only meant once, not like four times. Like, you know, I think people didn't anticipate that we'd be visiting these grounds like more than once. Yeah, people didn't um, think that you'd, you'd and get I, a local in Preston for Preston away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, well, we, this is the thing, like, we'd, be lucky to play, we'd be lucky to play Preston away next season, the way the way it's going. We are, we are now desperately looking down the barrel at away days like Fleetwood and... And on that point, we've had about three questions into that tweet asking for questions to the pod that are along the lines of what's going to be the best away ground in League One. None of them, Ooh. because we shouldn't go. We should boycott. Boycott. Boycott I'm starting League One the call a concept. Here. Yeah, well, we, want, we want B teams. <laughs> 
That's we should change our name to Stoke City B, and then it wouldn't look as embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know. Man, Mansfield's near me, so I, I, I hope they get promoted if we go down, and then I can just go to Mansfield. We'll take about eight thousand fans and lose three nil. Just, we'll just see John Walters in Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll meet point. up with yeah. John Walters in Fleetwood. That's yeah. We're not even yeah. going to get the beautiful thing of taking like ten thousand fans to MK Dons because they're <laughs> going to get relegated from League One. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I think just take over yeah, half their ground. It, it's just sort of if if that does happen, and don't be wrong, it, it's a very possibility, but it's still somewhat unthinkable if that makes sense. Like I can't, I can't envisage how the club will react if we get relegated to League One. Like, I, I just can't sort of picture like what can they possibly say at that point. But then I still think people go like, "Well, I'll be careful what you wish for," because we we could have been here two years sooner or some shit. I don't know. Um, without the coach's money, like if we do go down, I like I think people again will just expect us to bounce straight back up. And there's significantly less evidence of clubs doing that from League One to the Championship than there is in recent years, anyway, from the Premier League to the from the Premier League to the Championship. Um. We are the only club since we got relegated to not reach the playoffs at least once. Everyone else we've come down with since has reached the playoffs at least once. West not Brom, even that. We uh, haven't even reached 12th, yeah. have we? Yeah, I was going to say, top, yeah, we haven't even reached the top half. And some clubs like West Brom have reached the playoffs and got promoted and come back down in the time that we've spent um, languishing, in, languishing in the second tier. And it's difficult to see where the points are coming from we've got a run I think in a month's time where we play Hull Blackpool and Wigan and if we come out of those three games without any points then we are <laughs> we are in the shit oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you think there is do you think there is a point where they I, I don't think personally they would consider sacking Neil at any point given the PR that it would generate do you think Let's say we don't win until those games and we get one or two points from those. Do you think there is a point where the board would get rid? Probably. Not this season, no. I I I don't think so. Do you season. think the board do you think that's because the board ascribe to the well Alex Neal has got teams out of League One idea? Yes. Oh no. Yes. Which, yes. Yeah. And also he's he's not stupid. Um He's not stupid. We'll he wait insists, for some evidence. <laughs> he insists that he's not stupid. That's what I've heard. I don't believe it. But I, yeah, I think there's also the fact of like, could they actually afford to sack him? Because that'll cost money. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I mean, it, for, yeah. in, as in we're well, well, we appointing an entire new staff for the club. Again, yeah, for the, we for the eighth time. Yeah. 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 I think in reality, if we go down, we're having an embargo, aren't we? There's no way we balance our books. I'm not, I can't even remember. What, I, I can't even remember what the the profit and sustainability rules are for League One. I know the you have a way. I, tried. I, I know that for a fact, but that only kicks in after you've been down for a certain amount of time. Right. right. Okay. Because um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to genuinely look this up because yeah, we are just there's no way that we bounce the yeah bounce the books like that. Um, just wind the clock back and imagine you're saying all of this to yourself in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah. you're explaining what is the wage cap in League One. Oh, fuck <laughs> hell. 
Yeah, this is the yeah. Bad for, place. For, for any for any other reason other than to take the piss out of the veil, for yeah. example, we're like, ah, they'll never even reach it, haha. <laughs> and then it's like, oh shit. Yeah, we. It's a, it's a real mess. It's a real real mess, and it, it's it's such a mess, and it's so sort of difficult to 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 get your head around it that I like, I don't even feel that much that we've literally sacked a club legend this week in Rory de Lapp. I don't, you know, that sort of, that's just something that happened this week at Stoke City. We let Rory de Lapp go for whatever reason. Neil's clearly not happy with the backroom staff, um, which you can trace back to one of his first interviews where he said that he wouldn't move people on unless he felt they weren't adding things. That's his actual words. You can you can go and look that one up. Um, and You, you do course, get the feeling that he's not making many friends, don't you? No. I'm no. not really basing Which, that on much, but... Well, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's not a bad thing to not make friends, but if you're not going to make friends, you at least need to get results. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. it, isn't I it? Think, all, all, yeah. of, all of Neil's <laughs> yeah. management style can yeah. be justified with the idea yeah. of, okay, if it wins football, be be a horrible, horrible person, kick cats yeah. every <laughs> single morning, have a, have, a, have a cat room, and every morning wake up, open <laughs> your front door and just boot a kitten across the street. If you're winning as three points... I will feel less bad about your animal abuse. Um, yeah, I'm obviously own a gambling <laughs> company, something horrific. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but whatever you do, don't own a gambling company and just put <laughs> money into terrible, terrible British managers. Um, so, Balty Pie Smuggler asks, uh, "When does the pain end, please?" And I actually am going to make a, a, a question out of this. Do you think there's a chance that the the ship turns around for A, us to not get relegated this season, and B, for us to end the season in a more promising position than we did end last season? I don't... I Realistically, I think we will scramble enough points to survive so we won't get relegated. So I think we will turn the ship around as it were, from the... I would agree of, with that. From the rocks. But we will we will turn the ship around, I think, directly headfirst into an iceberg. <laughs> um, so I, I, don't, I don't see how we end this season with a more positive outlook than we did last season, personally, because I feel a lot of damage is being done right now. Um, I think the only positivity that I can realistically see coming for next season is our squad has been gutted. We finished 15th or something. Um, um, The positivity is, well, Neil can build a squad now. Not necessarily positivity for us in terms of how we think Neil plays, but, you know, yeah, that's a, the only hope of... I can see as a kind of, it's a clean slate for him, which yeah. considering this season was, it's a clean slate for Michael O'Neill and the previous season was, it's a clean slate for Michael O'Neill. And I so see, on and so forth. I see you're both uh, just wrong about this because you've forgotten about Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. <laughs> he didn't do very well, yeah. And then he got some time, and now look, they're gonna they're gonna win the Premier League. And, exactly. And our situation is directly comparable to that. <laughs> so Carry on being miserable because that's part of the thing. We have to be angry. We want to get Alex Neil Tetter sacked. And then and then and then 
Hulu will come and make a documentary about us, uh, and Alex Neal will will do stupid drawings on the thing, and then and then we'll 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 win the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. It'll all it'll all yes. get better. It will it'll all get, get better. better. Speaking of getting better, Joe Bursic's had a nice move. I think Bruges is better than Stoke. I think that's a nice place to live. Are we happy for him? How do we view that? Is it a healthy thing that we're selling on young players? Is it the end of the world because Joe Bursic was the greatest goalkeeper to ever grace a pitch in Staffordshire? Thoughts? It is. Yeah, it is a good move for us and a good move for Bursic, in my opinion. He is in an environment where he's very clearly not moving on. And he's very clearly stagnating. And whether that's a mixture of the horror of being dropped for Bonham and then also the horror of being dropped for Bonham again and then multiply that by about seven after every mistake you've made. Um, Whether it's the defence he's playing behind, whether it's just the environment of our changing room, I don't know. But whatever his potential is, and I think he has got some potential, um, he's not showing it here. And getting rid is probably a completely fair thing to do. Uh, I think Bruges will be quite a nice place for him. He's playing under um, known sturdy, solid man Simon Mignolet, mm. so that'll be that'll be nice for him. Um, but yeah, I think fresh start for both is probably good. And as Matt alluded to there, I've I've kind of been working on brushing up on my stats and analytics in football. And Joe Bursic is is pretty poor in the last year or two in terms of the kind of goals he's prevented and things like that. Um I I yeah. I, I fully I fully agree with with George to be honest. I mean it, it's just sort of come to a sort of natural conclusion for him and for us. I, I still don't understand how we're in the position where a Gillingham a free transfer from Gillingham is our starting goalkeeper. We'll never understand that. Um but I think he's got enough time to recover from this, any sort of you know negativity that he sort of gained in his game, and I think I think just to go to shot stopping and whatnot, he he was always a pretty bad shot stopper, even when he was good. Um, when he came back from his his loan that time, I I just think we he just got messed around a bit too much. I think that no one really knew who was number one. We had at one point like four goalkeepers who had an equal chance of being number one. He'd we make had a mistake. five at one point with yeah, Morgan he, and yeah. Mayenpa. He'd, he'd, he'd make a mistake, he'd get dropped. Someone would make a mistake, he'd come back in. Adam Davis was sold to facilitate, I don't know, something. something. A loan. Yeah, a lo- yeah, it was sold to facilitate. It was loans or something. Um, and it, it just hasn't worked out. So, yeah, fair play. Don't mind. He's 20, what, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. He's got time. Yeah, he's got plenty of time. I don't really have anything negative to say about him other than he probably wasn't up to task as a first-team goalkeeper for us, but neither is Jack Bonham, who is allegedly the first-team goalkeeper. Um, Hopefully not for too much longer. Uh, I think maybe the only silver lining in all of this is we might be signing, uh, I think, David uh, Bentley. No, not David Bentley, because that was Uh, Daniel Bentley. Daniel Bentley, yeah, not (laughs) Bentley to play goal for us. If if Doug held the Sky Sky Football Yearbook from (laughs) 08-09... 
and they found well, this guy he scored from halfway against <laughs> Arsenal once he's very oh. good so yeah maybe we'll have a competent championship keeper which it, I find it kind of again go back to, to, to 2016 and say that I'll be saying that with joy and I think I'd just start giggling at you um, can I just can I just just one final thing can I advise everyone to please read Jack Bonham's Wikipedia page <laughs> Because it is genuinely hilarious. It is the funniest thing I have read in about like a month. Because it's like Watford lost 3-1. Bonham was criticised for his performance. (laughs) Bonham got a move to Gillingham. He made his debut in a 4-0 defeat. He was criticised for his performance. (laughs) It's like that, the entirety of the page. Um, So yeah, if you're you're a bit sad this evening, just just read that and, and be happier. Yeah. We uh we've got Reading next weekend. Um in no more than a sentence. Uh how is Tom Ince going to hurt us, George? 90th minute winner. Oh Matt. I I think we'll we'll play out a really boring nil-nil with Reading. I, I think he'll I think he'll pull a Tom Ince. I think we'll get a little <laughs> bit of rest respite, and I think he'll just be crap. Well, if I'm wrong, fine. You can't hurt any more than I already hurt, so fine. <laughs> Oof, what a way to end a lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely week of football for the hippos. Um, uh, yeah, I think Tom Ince is is going to hurt us by scoring a, a thirty yard screamer, um, and we're all just going to have to suck it up because this is what he does now. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for, for listening to us and for, for coping. Thank you very much for, for being uh, here, George, and for facilitating this. Thank you very much. Uh, I've got my, I thought I'd carry on the uh, questions for the listeners and add another one this week. So uh, I thought, would you rather come home and find your partner in bed with an M&M <laughs> or would you rather have sex with an M&M yourself? Uh, any answers below, please, to this tweet or or SoundCloud or whatever you wherever you get your podcasts. Oof. Thank you very much, Tom. <laughs> Thank you for that, Matt. I'm not going to press you for an answer to that question. I can't really follow that up. With anything to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun, and I'm I'm sure we'll be equally happy in about uh, a week's time. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Um, I think this is a point where someone in the pod normally says like, "Go on, Stoke," but I, I think that's that might scare our current squad. I think they're they're too low on confidence. But so I'm just gonna say Stoke. Maybe like, yeah, it it would be okay if you if you did a win. Boo! Boo! <laughs> You're not fit to host the pod. You're <laughs> not fit to host the pod. <laughs> <laughs>